This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. As you might have noticed... I'm not, in fact, Steve Dace. Steve uh, flew down to Dallas yesterday. He's there on some uh, movie business right now. He is at the Blaze HQ. And uh, even though about four minutes before the show started, I could hear Steve, I could hear Todd, I could hear Ron, the disembodied voice in our ears, I could hear the program feed, everything was just fine. And then in... The time it takes for my five-month-old to go from just fine to screaming in Grammy's ear, we couldn't hear them at all. So now, Todd and I are left to start the show, and, and uh, Todd, uh, before we, we, we get going here and uh, let you know how you can follow us and how you can contact the show and all of that good stuff, um, I, I just thought, because of the circumstance, this is obviously the universe's way of telling me and telling us that um, we just want some more dad jokes, like from three questions yesterday. Do you agree? I guess that's a no. That's that's a that's a that's a no. Well, we're off to a great start. That's a great start that you can tell us about by contacting the show. Uh, Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. Uh, Feedback Friday will be coming up in hour number two. Also, uh, it is uh, time for the Dace Group here coming up in a few moments. Uh, Steve was actually on uh, Elijah Schaefer's show yesterday with uh, Sydney Watson. You are here. I watched about the first half hour of that last night. It is it's fantastic, if I may say so myself. You should uh, check that out. You can follow Steve uh, anywhere that uh, they aren't censoring, Getter, Gab, Parlor, uh, and where they are still censoring, but we're not banned yet, like Twitter. Uh, and if you want to see clips of the show and the full show itself, you can go to rumble.com and search for Steve Dace. So I'm, I'm kind of flying blind a little bit here trying to press buttons, trying to do things, um, and multitask. And Steve, can you hear me? Steve, I can hear you right now. Can you hear me? All right. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Excellent. I tread water. What's the the frequency, Kenneth? I tread water for about as long as I possibly can without going to the dace group. I mean, a dace group is fun. I I don't think it'd be quite as much fun with just two people. (laughs) Well, first of all, I hope you guys uh, are doing okay back there. How are you feeling right now, given how we started here today? I'm just fine. Groovy. I could do this in yeah. my sleep. Yeah. You look a little nervous. Um, me, I, I mean, I, I'm chill, man. And you know why? Awkward live read segue coming up. Because I brought my sweat block deodorant with me. How you like them apples? Huh? Huh? Is that how you start a show or not? Right there. Right? We apologize, right? Sarah. We apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I've not even introduced her yet. You're apologizing. <laughs> 
Anyway, back back to our friends uh, over at uh, Sweat Block. Uh, you can use their wipes to stop excessive sweat, and uh, something tells me that Aaron will be needing those wipes uh, <laughs> later today, uh, given whatever the Sam Hilly was doing there to start the program. Uh, by his own admission, flailing. Uh, or you can do what, uh, what I do when I travel, and I know it's going to be a long time before I get back to my hotel room uh, and uh, have some more uh, hygienic uh, uh, opportunities. Uh, use the deodorant from Sweat Block. It is absolutely fantastic and uh, helping you to block excess sweat. It's going to be 78 degrees warmer here tomorrow in Texas than it was three days ago back home there in Iowa. Right. So, yes, I definitely brought the sweat block with me. You can use it anywhere, anytime. And uh, go to sweatblock.com. They've got all kinds of great uh, products, lotions as well that help you with that stuff. 20% off when you go to sweatblock.com and use the promo code DACE. Sweatblock.com, promo code DACE. And now we say hello to Todd and Aaron. You already uh, gave out the website and all that kind of stuff. That's good, Aaron. And we have Sarah Gonzalez here with us. As we try to recover from one of the worst openings in the entire history of Blaze TV. Sarah, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate you having me on. A, a little known fact about me is that I'm a huge Steve Dace fangirl. So I always appreciate the opportunity to oh. be on with you. Well, that's very kind. Thank you very much. And and I didn't know you were that good and skilled and sociopathic of a liar. I mean, you pulled that <laughs> off. I, 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 I slipped that paper no. to you and say, hey, say this right from the beginning. And I mean, it was seamless. It, it looked like you really believed that, yeah. in fact. You so, can I mean, pay I, me later. Yeah, I, I thought that was very impressive. <laughs> All right. So Todd and Aaron, are you guys good to go? Let's do it. Yeah. And, uh, just right, for the record, I would like to see, I would challenge anybody to keep track of their phone and press buttons and switch video and try to talk at the same time in my defense, Steve. Oh, no, listen, I'm not. Not, I'm that, not, he's a, not that he's salty or anything. No, Steve. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, you suck or anything. It's just it's the dude code and I had to bust your ball. So that's just how it goes around here. All right, let's let's get to it. It's time for the day group. Your weekly look at the week that was. That's why Sarah Gonzalez uh, from the News and Why It Matters is in here with us, not just to randomly compliment me, but also (laughs) uh, to be the fourth panelist on our weekly look at the week that was that begins with issue one, bleep, Lord Nefarious says. I have to ask you about how dangerous the anti-vax movement is, because it's not just about getting the shot. It's really a reckless decision to be able to take this option away from patients. This is consistent with the kind of quack quack armchair medicine that politicians um, have been practicing throughout the pandemic, uh, because of course they know better and they're recommending recipes um, that, you know, online, um, you know, podcasters and others are are recommending. It doesn't feel good, but it's just a fact of life of where we are in society right now with disinformation and misinformation tends to rule in many respects. My daughter had a meltdown over having to put sneakers on to go to kindergarten. She got used to wearing sneakers in school. I mean, just 
they, they adapt better than adults do. When it comes to how we root out the misinformation in society right now and give people access to actual inf accurate information, we've got to do several things. Number one, we've got to recognize that our technology platforms, whether particularly social media, these have a, an important role to play. These are the predominant places where we're seeing misinformation spread. So I don't think we're to the post-mask part, because I think there's a prudence we've learned with the mask, the hand, sanita uh, hand sanitizing that kind of like 9-11 with flying is always going to be here now. There's a new normal. I may never ride a subway again without a mask. And the original data that was put forward it looked like the dose and the regimen for the children who were six months to 24 months worked well, but it turned out that the other dose, namely the other group from 24 months to four years, did not yet reach the level of non-inferiority. So the studies are continued. It looks like it will be a three-dose regimen. I want to wish everyone in China a very happy Lunar New Year. Sad facts for New Zealand is that everyone knows someone who has taken their own life. Now we're a we're a small country, less than five million people, but last year over six hundred people committed suicide. I see what you see, I see what you've been covering, I see what everybody's seen and asking myself what the hell is going on. I mean look like a third world country. So I'm applying for a job, right? And it's time for me to pick one of the four genders. Um, female, I do not wish to disclose, male, or ex, non-binary, Canada only, if only I was Canadian. So my advice to everyone out there who's frustrated, sad, angry, pissed off, feel those emotions, go to a kickboxing class, have a margarita, do whatever you need to do this weekend. First question after watching that, when you, just when you thought... After the opening to this show, uh, with the technical difficulty, it could not get worse. It did. It's just this one was completely intentional. Um, first question, uh, what Lindsey Graham impersonation did you enjoy the most or least, as the case may be there, in that montage, Sarah? Yeah, you know, I have to say, uh, they're all equally infuriating uh, just off the top. But anytime I hear anything about uh, our children's uh, mental health and how they're just so resilient. Mm -hmm. The children are resilient. Come on, my child, uh, you know, she fussed when she put sneakers on. It's the same thing. Our children are resilient. The fact that they are not looking at all of these mental health statistics that we have in children, that they are not looking at the speech delays and the number that it has risen right now, the fact that they are throwing our children to the wolves and continue to do so to make the adults feel better mm -hmm. is just so egregious to me. I can't get over it. And it, it feels like such a benign comment that she said, mm -hmm. but there's just so much evil behind it that it just really, really sets me off. I, I, you're, you're comparing t the tying of shoes to choking out a child and stifling their immune system and forcing them to re-inhale their own uh, filtrated air yeah. um, without a car without a muffler uh, or an exhaust pipe uh, for an entire day in school uh, for to no avail that right. does not even work right for and for and for something that is not going to be dangerous to them but the fear is that 
you might be dangerous to me. Right. Right. Even though we have seen there's been I can't tell you how many studies since May of 2020 uh, that children are neither by and large victims nor vectors for the virus. One of the quintessential pictures of these last 23 months came out of her state, uh, New York State, earlier this week. I don't know if you saw it. It's a picture of the New York governor there and, and she's doing a photo op at a school and her and all the adult teachers are all unmasked while beneath them is a cadre of children all masked all masked up and, and to me i just that's every every pagan cult practices some form of child sacrifice and that's this yeah. pagan cult's variation of it uh, todd and aaron back to you todd i'll start with you uh, what was uh, the best or the worst this week as you saw it well in total poor robert uh f kennedy uh junior uh used an inartful um holocaust reference and that's a shame because there's so many reasons after watching that to use them and to use them well and i make no apology for it please tell me the difference in the disconnect from reality that ultimately is required to just march people into gas chambers after two years of this and Steve, as you talked about earlier on the show, uh, early on the show this week, when you compared the data from uh, Israel to India, try Israel to South Africa, try Israel to Sweden, go on with masks, go on with any number of things that we know the truth of, and many of us knew the truth of two years ago, but fine, some people took a while to catch up. The truth we know now, and they're more stubborn than ever. Please tell me the difference of the disconnect it takes to reality to do what was done back then and what is doing now that, yes, rightfully frustrates Sarah and many other parents who are just watching human beings be abused for fun with the uh, speaker uh, from the White House saying, yeah, I know there's a little tension out there, but just rub it off with a margarita or something. Are you kidding me? There is no difference. Uh, the The difference comes in the population they're, they're doing this to. A lot of times when, when people make historical analogies or parallels, the reaction in, in, to it can be um, uh, criticism because the, mani- the modern manifestation of the analogy or parallel that you're making doesn't manifest the same way that it did before or even towards the exact same groups of people that it did before. But the inclinations, the foundations of all these thoughts, declaring people the other, that people that don't go along with the narrative are, are dispensable, um, that you can, you can do whatever you want to them. That's uh, right. it, it's, it's all those exact same inclinations. It may, it, 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 that's how it manifests itself, whether you want to call it uh, Mao's Little Red Book or Durfuer or uh, five-year plans. This is always what it looks like, and those are just the more modern manifestations of this, but it's looked like this all throughout history. The difference is in the population they're trying to do it to. That even in our diminished capacity as a people, and we do have a diminished capacity as a people, we still remain the most um, God-fearing or acknowledging and armed citizenry that any that any attempt at the spirit of the age has made in the past to do this to there, there's been no other people this armed or even or or this still believing in transcendence that they've done this to typically they do this to a people that have given those things over that have forsaken them and now they have been conditioned to accept this with mass com- mass compliance um, and what's happened in our country is you're really seeing the whole thing of the two Americas 
is more apparent now than it ever has been before. You are seeing there is another country here that they have successfully done this to. That is fully and and absolutely, in fact, they're anxious to be slaves. They can't wait to do it. All right. They were made to be ruled. They want to be ruled. That country is there. And yet there is another country living here, too. That is that is resistance to tyrants is obedience to God. Hell no, we won't go. Those sort of traditional uh, responses to oppression that we have seen in our history. And what's going to be fascinating is I don't I can't think of a time in all of human history where within one country in a culture this large, vast, and influential, you saw these two tent poles that are completely incontro- they're irreconcilable. They're incontrovertible. They cannot coexist. They can't. It's physics. Two two objects cannot occupy of the same or or same or or or, or, or exceeding mass cannot occupy the same space at the same time. That's a freaking law of physics. This is a law of physics. These two belief systems cannot, given the populations they represent present cannot possibly coexist peacefully for a long period of time and it will be fascinating to see how this ultimately plays out because i can't think of a of another country or superpower or empire in human history that this that this sort of internal struggle or trial went on with and there that other america is not going to stop that's why the whole national divorce thing that's 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 a fantasy guys all right i first of all i love the idea all right, but there's a lot of I love the idea of having a washboard abs. Okay, <laughs> there's a lot of ideas I love, but that just aren't 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 going to happen. They're not going to let us go, guys. They're Jehovah's Witnesses with a Pentagon. They're not letting us go. We have to be fixed. We have to be corrected. We have to be evangelized. We're in darkness. They're the great light. They have to bring us into the light. They're not just going to say, you know what? Now that we've gone ahead and bankrupted California, you guys take Texas and Florida with you and not subsidize our bit. No, they're not going to do that, guys. They're not. They're going to follow us. They're the Jehovah's Witnesses that knock on your door every Saturday morning when you're trying to be intimate with your wife or mow your damn lawn. All right. And they don't go away. They're there every Saturday, even though there's only 144,000 people being saved, but they claim there's 4 million of them. That math doesn't work. It sounds like they, maybe they need to talk about it amongst themselves first before they bug the hell out of us. That's who we're dealing with. They're not going to let us go. They're not going to let us do it. We're going to have to defeat this. And figuring out how to do that without causing a societal mid-19th century level event, having that thing repeat and passing that on to our kids, is going to be one of the trickiest gambits that any society or culture has ever tried to accomplish in the history of our species. Now, here's the good news. A constitutional republic of self-governance had never been attempted or successfully tried either prior to when this country came along. So we've, we, have, we have defied the arc of history once. We're going to have to do it again. Aaron, what do you think? Uh, this week's worst of the worst is after having technical difficulties on the show, the producer splits his attention 15 different ways. And his reward for uh, trying to hold things together with bail wire is absolutely no response from Todd whatsoever and being called the worst open in Blaze TV. Yes, I am going petty and I will remind you that as much as I possibly can. I thought we were doing comedy. <laughs> I mean, you set me up with the dad jokes. Response. You set that was the perfect response. And you know what, brother? I'm not sorry. All right, let's get to the exit question. On a scale of one to ten, with one being the validity of Lindsey Graham's beard account on Tinder, and ten being how hot Kirsten Cinema is right now, rate this week's level of total depravity, Todd. Ten. Aaron. 
20. No. <laughs> He's cranky. Aaron's on tilt the rest of the show. This is going to be a fun ride. Here we go. All right, Shannon. I'm sorry, Shannon. Sarah, wrong S. Yeah, I'm going to say nine because I, I like to give them uh, some room to grow. I feel like they can always get worse. It can. Well, that was a very Shannon-like answer. Yes, it can always get worse. Yes, that is true. Uh, before we get on to issue two, let me remind you that if you are thinking of getting involved in the real estate market during these unprecedented times. Bang. Thank you. Uh, I thought Aaron was going to leave me hanging out to dry and I would have totally deserved it. So that's okay. Uh, make sure that uh, you go in with an agent that you can trust. Where would you find such a person? Well, the name kind of says it all. Head over to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. This was a company started by Glenn Beck and some of his associates because, well, frankly, they found out they there were some real estate agents you could not trust and they found that out a little bit too late. They did not want you and I to suffer the same fate. Uh, so they began this referral service. It just kind of started grassroots within this audience hey are there actually good honest real estate agents in the audience and they realized there's quite a bit started connecting them with other listeners and viewers and out of that came this business so just about anywhere you want to move to or from we can help you if you head over to realestateagentsitrust.com all right let's get to issue two russia 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 The drums of war are beating yet again as the Biden administration perhaps is looking for a way to distract from their domestic blunders and plunging approval ratings. Of course, they couldn't do it without the help of their friends in the military-industrial complex. Nowhere was that more striking than a story run at Politico this week with this headline, Russia could at any point launch an attack in Ukraine, presented by Lockheed Martin. So what's precipitating this rumor of war? Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't care, and neither do most Americans. So naturally, the Biden administration put thousands of active duty service members on high alert for imminent deployment recently and also gave NATO veto power over a potential deployment to another international butthole. To sum it all up, Twitter user Oran McIntyre, and no, that's not my burner account, pointed out this week, quote, having lost in Afghanistan, the graveyard of empires, the regime's next military adventure seems to be invading what once was Russia in winter. Uh, That's one of the best tweets I saw this week. So, Aaron, thank you for highlighting that. Good catch by you. See, I can compliment you. I can do it. Oh, wow. When you deserve it. When you deserve it. Positively blushing right now, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) I've already got one teenage boy at home, brother, I got to deal with. All right. Uh, Let's get to the first question. Uh, How eager are you uh, for young Americans to throw their lives away for absolutely nothing in Ukraine? Todd. Hey, I, I signed up this morning. I will put my live fortune and sacred honor on the line on one condition. I'm all in on this. If the President of the United States can go on camera and A, clearly articulate why we are doing this and what's at stake, and B, what his son was doing over there. And that's how you know I have nothing to worry about with putting my life, my fortune, and my sacred honor on the line, because I'm never going over there because he can't do that. See, I was going to offer to support it if the president of the United States could tell me what a woman is, but I actually like your challenge. Uh, I think that's even the more difficult thing to accomplish. Aaron, uh, how eager are you, since it'll be your generation and your friends, uh, how eager are you guys to go ahead and throw your lives away over there for nothing in Ukraine? What do you think? You know, just as uh, just as eager as um, as we were for the last failed cause. I mean, I honestly, do we learn any lessons? Do we, 
Why did I even ask that question? Asked and answered. I mean, can we at least get some landing gear that have more comfortable quarters this time for whoever tries to get on the last flight out of Ukraine, out of Kiev? Can we get some more accommodations for that? Do, do, do we not, you know, you want to hear something dark? What did we all yes. kind of agree? What did we all kind of agree was the pivot for the Biden White House after the Afghanistan debacle? The jab mandates. Yeah. Yeah. Do we really think, well, I mean, for one, we don't even know what the freaking mission is. We don't even know what victory looks like if we don't know what the mission is. But let's just say, uh, again, uh, we fail, which that would not be, you know, uh, so much of a, a, a surprise when we've got uh, multiple branches of the military doing uh, dance routines for PT or whatever. Uh, whatever. Literati with guns. Yeah, liter- yeah. Whatever the last. What if we fail again? What's going to be the pivot from that? If the last one was mandatory jabs, for all, basically all Americans, what's going to be the next pivot? You know what? I, I don't want to know, but something tells me we're going to find out. 15% of Americans this week, uh, Sarah said in a poll by Trafalgar Group, uh, that they supported uh, uh, full U.S. military action in Ukraine, 15%. So, I mean, this is a, this is a classic historical tale, embattled politician. Uh, it's happened before in America, you know, attempts a military action to rally around the flag. Uh, I, I don't think that that will have, if that's their intended uh, pivot here, I don't think it's going to have that desired response. I think you're going to find out, can a, can a president, without like an impeachment happening, get into a 20% level approval rating? I think that's what is likely going to happen with this. But the good news is that the the, head, the 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 prime minister of Ukraine came out this morning and he said, guys, you know what? I think we could stabilize our economy if you guys just came up with five or six billion dollars, which is, has me wondering if maybe that's the what this is really about. It's just a shakedown attempt. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, look, I think that when you see the most pro, uh, you know, aggressive, the people, the two world leaders who are the most anxious for a Ukraine-Russia conflict is Joe Biden and uh, Boris Johnson. What do those two men have in common? Mm -hmm. They both are facing disastrous polling numbers. Mm -hmm. Their country hates them and they're looking for a distraction. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is certainly a wag the dog situation. Uh, Joe Biden doesn't have any credibility anywhere else. Maybe he thinks that this is where he will build it. Although I don't know how he could possibly feel that way, uh, judging by the way that uh, all of the Afghanistan debacle played out. So So. let me let me come back to you, Sarah, with this then, because this was this is something that has gone largely unnoticed in our media. But this week, the Biden administration gave NATO uh, veto power over whether we deploy in Ukraine or not. All right. So, you know, one of the things I just love or really hate about this era is when it forces me to defend things I think are terrible or I disagree with because the reason we're not doing them is even worse. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, All right. So right. There's, there, there's 75 reasons for, for, that we should not waste one American life in Ukraine. One of them is not, though, because we completely outsourced our national sovereignty to tell a consortium of 30 nations whether we have permission to, uh, to give us permission to act on our national interest or not. That's that would not be on the list of 75. OK, <laughs> so but then isn't that a bit of a mixed message? Because yeah. you're going to try to herd the cats of 30 plus countries in NATO to come up with a consensus about whether to go to war with Russia over Ukraine. Um, I mean, I, then what's the point of all this saber rattling then if we're not even the ones that are going to make the decision here? Yeah, I mean, well, look, I don't disagree with you. And I do think it's important to to think about, too, uh, what this was like when there was the Obama administration. Um, you know, we had Obama, who obviously the American government played a role in the toppling of the Ukrainian government in mm-hmm. 2014. That's mm-hmm. just a fact. 
attacked. Mm -hmm. And then what did we see next? Russia invaded Crimea. We saw all of this instability over there. Mm -hmm. And then Trump was elected. And Putin knew. By the Russians as a as a tool of the of Russian course, government. Right, yes. of course. And yeah. Putin knew. While, while sanctioning them. Yes, yes. yes. And he knew uh, this guy's unpredictable. We better Putin had better a P-tape of Donald Trump and he completely had a black male P-tape the entire time, but he kept it quiet because he liked the heavy sanctions he was getting from the right, Trump administration. Exactly, I yeah. saw that on he's CNN a, last he's night. He's a glutton for punishment, yes. that Putin. Yes. And so, but I think Putin is seeing, you know, Biden represents this old guard. Obviously, this is the Obama administration 2.0. He represents this old guard. And and I'm not sure that he was really serious about an invasion at first. Mm -hmm. um, I think maybe he's just testing him. He's trying to get NATO. He's trying to get Biden to make these concessions. And then he sees they're so weak. He's like, well, maybe, yeah, maybe why not? I should. Why not? Todd or Aaron, either one of you have an answer to why are we saber rattling and then outsourcing our ability to act on our national interest to NATO? Uh, what's the point? How, how, that, that's a completely mixed message to me. Stop asking questions and have a margarita. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're expecting things to make sense to you yes i i'm yeah, actually I I, i'm i'm on in i'm not trying to be facetious here I, I really am not um i'm actually kind of thankful for that i i think i think i think nato has a better chance of saving us from ourselves than this administration does hmm is, are you saying this is maybe one time leftist globalist uh, bureaucracy might actually, uh, uh, unintentionally anyway, yep. uh, force sanity to prevail? Yep. Is that what you're saying? Yep. Uh, that's that's where we live these days. That's where we live. Exit question. If the ultimate outcome of Biden's Russian saber rattling were a Michael Jackson song, which Michael Jackson song would it be? A, heal the world. B, bad. C, want to be starting something. Or D, beat it. Todd. Bad. Bad. All right. Aaron. Bad. Bad. Sarah. I agree. Succinct, uh, but says so much. Bad. Six months from now, where do you think this story is? <sighs> it I I I I I think I honestly I think the American media will move on from it. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we'll be reading about it here. I don't think people will be talking about it here um, because I think there's going to be so many other things that come up in this country that are so devastating that we're not going to be talking about it. Six months from now, guys, where is this story at, do you think? Listen, even if it's terrible and that thing is a black hole from some sort of nuclear fallout, uh, we'll have moved on to yeah. to gender. Pro I mean, yep. that's how yep. the news cycle works these days. We'll Polls on Ukrainian pronoun usage. Yes, exactly. Yep. All right. That's my answer. And, 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 yep. and that will be why we have to invade. They use the wrong pronouns. Yes. Indeed. <laughs> All right. Gosh, it's not even freaking parody, guys. All right. When we come back, um, are they good at take it? The Omicron off ramp. We will debate and discuss next. You know, you've got uh, 360 uh, places in your body called joints uh, that begin at the top of your neck and go all the way down to your feet. And they're useful little buggers, but they can also be receptors for what's called inflammation. And when inflammation, too much of it gets in there, that can cause the chronic pain. What do we mean by chronic pain? That's that, that nagging, stiffness, achiness, soreness that you deal with, especially if you get older. The irony of that is as we get older, the more active we get, sometimes it can actually make that worse because 
even if we're more active and healthier, um, our joints don't get older or younger because we're still getting older, right? That's why you're looking for an all-natural anti-inflammatory backed by several decades of clinical research and the last couple of years of, of my daily usage. I brought it here, uh, some with me uh, to Texas, uh, is with me. I, I take it with me wherever I go. Again, it's part of my daily regimen uh, it, because I've seen for myself that it works. It's called Omega XL, and right now, if you want to give Omega XL a shot, uh, they're offering you buy one bottle, get a second bottle for free when you go over to OmegaXL.com slash Steve. That's OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Or you can call them at 800-844-4888. I, I just want to say, to reiterate, um, I originally hired Aaron because of what I thought he could actually do on the air. I had no idea and how good of a producer he would that. be. Okay. <laughs> but of how good I thought he could be on the air. All right. This is me trying to non-apologize, apologize. All right. Um, but uh, he does a fantastic job, which is why it was. it's very rare to see him not completely and in total control. And so when I got a chance to do that at the beginning of the show, when the board here in Texas went for a meltdown right as the show was beginning, and I could see that he was trying to balance all of these various uh, things uh, in place at the same time and was very vulnerable, I did what, what any guy would do in this situation, particularly one of your friends. When your pants begin to fall down, I pulled them all the rest of the way down. That's just how we roll. That's what we do. We're guys. I understand. It it wasn't malicious. It was just the dude code had to be upheld. Uh, It wasn't malicious. You were clearly vulnerable, and I had to exploit that. It it wasn't malicious. It was just a little licious. (laughs) Yes. There you go. All right. We got a woman here, and I wanted to think that all I do is sit around here and just pound on you guys and pummel you and destroy you all the time. I would have come back. Doesn't happen all the time. No, Steve. I would have come back with even even more jabs at you, but I just, I didn't want to crush you. So I, I just thought I'll take the high <laughs> I, I appreciate the restraint. Thank you for taking it easy on me. Thank you. All right, let's get back to the weekly look at the week that was with issue three is March, the Omicron off-ramp. As the winter rolls on, the Omicron variant of COVID-19 appears more and more to be the control group of all control groups. Generally speaking, Omicron is much less virulent and much more transmissible than any variant to this point, meaning more people are able to build up natural immunity to the virus without running as much risk of severe illness than the already small risk posed by the original strain. With supply chain issues and an economy that's been long overdue for a recession, persistent inflation, fledgling approval numbers for the White House, and upwards of 30 members of one political party seeking retirement before the midterms looming, the official party of the Branch Covidian cult may be looking to use Omicron as the exit ramp, at least temporarily, from COVID stand. Here are a few recent examples. As you already know, the CDC a few weeks ago changed its guidance for quarantine after a COVID infection from 10 days to five. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services recently and quietly told hospitals they're no longer requiring them to report daily COVID-19 deaths to the federal government starting February. OSHA announced this week they're no longer going to attempt to enforce the Biden administration's edict on forced vaccination for employees of large companies. And the Federal Reserve this week signaled they're looking to curb inflation in March by raising interest rates. These could be random instances with no correlation, or it could be the spirit of the age's official American political party's attempt to salvage something of the midterm elections. So, Sarah, I put this in because... The three of us have been discussing this quite a bit on our show for the last week or so. There is 
a certain chain of events. I mean, and Aaron did a good job chronicling those. There's other things we could have mentioned. I mean, the, the White House saying there's no federal solution. Yeah. Uh, CDC lowering the quarantine guidelines. And now you don't have to retest mm-hmm. uh, when you come back as a negative. I mean, there's been other signs. And then in the midst of this, Nancy Pelosi invites Joe Biden to give an unusually late scheduled State of the Union in March. All right. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like it would be normally like this week. Okay. And, and perhaps these are just all coincidences, but uh, the Fed to me was this, was cemented my argument for, or confirmed for me that there is a sizable chunk of, 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 of Democrats that recognize they've got to get out of this. Mm-hmm. And they're, and because that with the, with the, the Fed is telling you, hey, for the next two months, go refi your house, go buy a house, go buy a car. Let's you know, do that spending with that. Fun. Let's get this economy going because we're going to raise the rates in March. That's so almost like a heads up, you know, it. It seems to me like Biden's going to say maybe not that COVID is over, but some form of the pandemic's initial threat or something is coming in that in that speech in March. Am I wrong? Because Todd, because because Todd and Aaron disagree to some degree. They think the cult is too strong, and I agree that there the cult is very strong. But there there is some internal dialogue happening over there that we've got to get off of this. Or are, are these just isolated events? What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree with you that they're obviously looking for a way out. And you see, you know, Aaron, as you said, mentioned some of them. Uh, I would also add that they they actually admitted that there is a difference when you're talking about people being in the hospital. Oh, the uh, two from thing? Right. Yeah. Due to COVID. And, that you know, was a big one. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they're they're obviously trying to change the narrative, by the way, without admitting that they were totally wrong on mm-hmm. it in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. They're acting as if these are new developments, but also slowly admitting that they were wrong the whole time. The, 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 the thing, though, is I do agree that the cult is too strong. I don't think it's going to happen in March. I think it's going to take more time, but mostly because they're now sending out all of these at-home tests to people. And so what do we That are made happen? in China. <laughs> right, that are made in freaking China. <laughs> like, so ironic. But they're sending these tests to people, and they're testing. And I mean, even here in uh, the DFW area in Texas, um, the school district that I'm located in, that I don't send my children to this public school district because mm-hmm. I, I love my children. But the school district that I'm located in, uh, they closed the schools from Wednesday to Friday because they didn't have enough teachers to staff the schools because there were so many COVID-19 cases. Mm. And so I think that as long as we have these the at-home tests, they're so available, they're sending them out to people, they're testing positive, they're staying home, we're seeing schools shut down. How do you then convince the public it isn't important enough to continue these restrictions when they're seeing things like schools being shut down, workplaces being closed because of the COVID positive cases. I just don't think that they have enough time to make that jump to to March. But I do agree that it's obviously happening. Uh, They know that they need to do it before the midterms. I just think it's going to have to be a slower role than that because of the radicalization that they created. All right. Todd and Aaron, what's to you? So. I, the more I've been thinking about this, the more I'm kind of synthesizing the two views into one. Here's, here's what I think can happen. I think Democrats, the White House, can, can take an exit ramp, can attempt to take an exit ramp to try to solidify their base and say, hey, look how good things are. You don't have to live in fear anymore. We beat the virus despite all those anti-vaxxers who were going to continue to cajole and uh, continue to censor and continue to be the butt of, uh, of humanity over here. You did it. Congratulations. Good job. Now, 
If that doesn't work to shore up their base, if they keep making mistakes after mistake after mistake, let's say we get some troops killed in Ukraine by Russia. Let's say things happen over in Taiwan, some saber rattling over there. Things on the international front don't look so great. Things at home, maybe the recession, maybe we get into a recession a little bit later. And despite interest rates rising, let's say there's other things like that. They can go right back to that cultist base in the fall and say, oh, crap, we discovered three cases in Timbuktu, Wyoming. Uh, Better shut everything down again. Uh, Mail-in voting forever, yo. And that's just another way that they can get their way. In other words, that cultic base is always going to be in their back pocket for them. The cult of COVID stand, the Branch Covidian cult, Hmm. is always going to be in their back pocket. At least I believe anyway. Now, as far as Sarah's point, there that is kind of a short order to be able to kind of turn things around as far as the testing regime goes. I believe a sure sign of a white flag from COVID stand is the end of the testing regime and the end of the case-demic. I've said that for a while now. I will say, I do know that at least here in Des Moines, hospitals are now paying more attention to the cycle threshold for tests that they're doing. And if hospitals are doing that, I would imagine that just your run-of-the-mill testing centers are doing the same thing as well. Meaning, you, um, if you test to a higher cycle threshold, then you're probably fine and they're going to move you and you can even go out and about if you would like to. Lower cycle threshold, they're going to keep monitoring you, yada, yada, yada. Things like that signal to me that they're trying, at least in some form or fashion, to end the testing regime. Because you can't make the case to people that things are safe to come out when there's still you know, record high cases uh, every single day or, or high case numbers every single day uh, because of the case-demic. So I think that's another thing to keep an eye on. That's a that's good analysis, Aaron. Todd, could you make a case that sending the tests to people individually is trying to end the case demic? I mean, the reality, how many Americans are really at this stage of this are going to militantly be testing themselves at home unless they're already symptomatic? I don't think the answer, the number is very high other than people that were already in their cult to begin with. Or am I wrong? What do you think? Well, you, you the cult is way bigger than you'd be comfortable with. I mean, I see it. This is you working out the math in your head and the math ultimately is correct. And then reality hits because people think two plus two equals five. I mean, we're still, we have people who won't give uh, somebody a heart, a new heart because he's unvaxxed. We have teachers keeping uh, girls who won't wear their mask in the hallway, uh, in the cold vestibule that was just uh, featured yesterday, uh, just all day long. Just because she won't wear her mask, we in our co- uh, your column, Steve uh, highlighted the doctors who just won't treat mm-hmm. people who are and from these, right here in Texas. A, entire, and it's children they won't treat, yeah. and that's in Texas. We have entire states filled with these people, and they're two of the four biggest ones in the land: California and New York. So it is quite frankly impossible in one sense, to take the off-ramp, which actually, in some respects, because Democrats are pathological liars, they'll say and do anything. So, they're yeah, they're going to make it look for the purposes and one purpose only that there's an election coming, coming that, yes, they're taking some sort of off-ramp. But it's about optics. It's about 
rhetoric. They the reality is that they can't, even if they wanted to, they can't take an existential raw ramp on this because of the crazies in their base who love living right where they're at and they never want to let it go. And Aaron highlighted that in the montage. Well, I just to add to that as well. So New York Times, I think it was the editorial board on Monday came out to say, hey, after Omicron, we shouldn't be masking in schools anymore. The Atlantic came out with a similar piece on Tuesday. Today, NPR came out and said basically the same thing. Hey, that's an exit ramp if you're looking for one. But then you look at the crazies on your own school board. Do you think they're ever going to yeah. let go of their masks? No, hmm. no. So, yeah, it appears nationally. Oh, hey, we're taking the exit ramp. But a local level where it really matters. It, I mean, those those people are in, a lot of them are just diehard. In some quickly, ways, Todd, quickly. in some ways, this is like Trump saying no more transgenders. He tweeted it out in the military yeah. and that's all it ever was. And we liked it. Yay. And they did nothing about it. And so there we live. And the Pentagon just just disobeyed it. Yeah, I hear you. All right, exit question. True or false? There are better odds Biden will choose Kamala as his SCOTUS nominee to replace Stephen Breyer than he will take the Omicron off-ramp from COVID. What do you think, Sarah? I think true. There's there's also no wow. way that Joe Biden uh, chooses Kamala as his Supreme Court nominee, but I still think there's a better chance of that happening. All right, Todd, what do you think? That's my girl. I'm with Sarah. <laughs> You know, Aaron, I said when everybody told me uh, there was no way he would pick her as his Veep choice, I said, no, I think he will. And I turned out to be right about that. So I'm going to say true. Right. Is that the is that the right? Yes, answer? true. Someone's got to say false. And in the interest of I was the one that was right, that Andrew Cuomo would be gone, that the natural laws of politics would still reign in those in, in, in the spirit of that, I'm going to say false. There are better odds that they will take some form of Omicron off-ramp to nominate her. If only because I won't be sane tonight if that's not true. Okay, I will <laughs> run in front of uh, traffic here in D- the DFW. All right, quickly, uh, the, the kicker question on issue four. Speaking of Kamala Harris, what, what job would you actually hire her to do? What would you hire her to do? Todd, I'll start with you. Well... Sarah's over there ruminating, which of the last 47 Jesse Kelly tweets do I want to answer? <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, yeah, Todd. Yeah, that's a little... Uh, you know the back in the day when the king would have uh, somebody's food poisoned? Uh, to food tester? Oh, the... She, no, she would, be, she would be the one you'd say, um, yeah, take care of that. <laughs> okay. All right. What do you think, Aaron? Uh, what's the name of the... Um antagonist in matilda the, the 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 school principal i think that puts her in the the chokey i would hire her to be that principal at least i think that's i think that's just the most fitting thing that i can that i can see first matilda reference in the history of this yeah. program go ahead sarah uh, i think she'd be a great knob polisher <laughs> like doorknobs i don't know what you guys are just doorknobs is what i'm thinking <laughs> i was homeschooled so it took me a while to get that joke um, but, so he's ma- I, but he's married now, so he knows what you mean. I appreciate um, my last time on the Steve Day show. <laughs> You'll show yourself out. Uh, <laughs> let's let's get to predictions, Todd. Go ahead. I honestly had one, and I can't remember it now because of what just happened. <laughs> so let me Sorry. collect my thoughts. Aaron, go ahead. Uh, I think the Chiefs win by over 10 points. I was nervous about last week, but I knew that whoever, whether it was Tennessee or Cincinnati, I thought Kansas City, if they won last week, would win pretty big. So I think they win easily by over uh, 10 points or so. I mean, to make it anticlimactic, mine is going to turn out to be, I think both NFL championship games this weekend are going to be blowouts, actually. Both the home team, I think. Uh, both home teams, I think, win convincingly. Todd, if you remember George I yet? honestly can't remember what it was. It was good, too. Just... <laughs> All right. With reservation, 
I call upon Sarah again. <laughs> no. Sarah, what's yours? I, I'm going to be good this time. Uh, and I just think in a place as COVID crazy as L.A. with all of the fear porn, all the mask mandates, uh, shockingly Super Bowl weekend, we will, of course, see all the celebrities running around uh, in the posh restaurants, posh clubs, no masks. Uh, you know, no social distancing. Hmm. And of course, there will be absolutely no social ramifications for that. Count on it. Everything is awful and I hate it here. Yeah, I got yeah, it. Absolutely. That's a metaphysical certitude. Go ahead, Todd, quickly. I got it. You alluded it to before with what we should uh, ask regarding Ukraine because it's so important to have a black woman, especially a woman on, as a Supreme Court justice. Ted Cruz will ask one question and one question only. What's a woman? Oh, it, Kamala's, uh, whoever the Whoever the black is, woman's. What's a woman? Yes, that's it. Dude, I would pay cash money yes. for that. Absolutely, I would. Okay? That's, that's, I like, I, I think I like your prediction uh, the best of them all. Sarah, it's, uh, it's good to see you as always. Yeah, thank thanks you. Thanks for surviving this. No, thanks. I appreciate it. And thanks for, we started off off the rails and then you uh, you pushed us off the rails at the end. So thank you. I do you. what I can. Uh, I'll be doing uh, the, the uh, News and Why It Matters with Sarah later today here on Blaze TV if you want to watch that. But we've got another hour of this program to go and it will be your hour with Feedback Friday when we return. And we are back with Hour 2 live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. They're back home there in cold and snowy Des Moines. I'm here in uh, Dallas, Texas at the posh Blaze TV studios where it's going to be about 60 degrees today, nearly 70 degrees tomorrow. I was waiting uh, for uh, my ride to pick me up at the hotel to bring me over here this morning. And I texted, uh, uh, who's picking me up, Gaston, our, uh, our, our president here at, the, at Blaze TV, and I'm like, I'll be waiting in the lobby. And then I looked at the weather app on my phone, and it said it was 41 degrees outside here. I'm like, I'm not sitting in this lobby. Man, I'm going outside where I can get the sun shining on my face. People are walking in with winter coats and stuff, and I'm like, it, what are you guys talking about? It is 41 glorious degrees at 10 o'clock in the morning here in dallas texas it is just downright balmy so uh a little extra pep in the step getting to see that uh, giant yellow orb uh, in the sky again which uh, we don't see where we're from for about two two and a half months uh, this time of year every year let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox you can access that by emailing the show steve at stevedace.com that's d-e-a-c-e like us on facebook follow us on twitter at steve Dace show look for us as well uh, where they don't censor us uh, look for steve Dace on me we parlor and Gab and at Steve Day Show on Getter. And then you can look for clips of the show that are free to watch and also are free of that pesky censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Uh, I also uh, am your self appointed uh, Built Bar quality control expert. And uh, during the break, I, I can again attest to the fact that the uh, the pumpkin built bars, uh, the pumpkin puff built bars that they put out last fall, because you guys know I bought like six boxes of those, right, to last me until next fall. Uh, I brought a stash with me for my trip. I just had one uh, for a little protein break at the top of the hour. Those are still absolutely delicious. Aaron, I know you like those quite a bit as well. Yeah, I mean, it's like... I, I generally can't like one is uh, one is the cheesecake. I can't have cheesecake in real life because mm-hmm. of the celiac. I mean, it just delivers every single time. It just delivers. Steve, it, when your family best. can't find you at home, where's dad? Do they just 
Does your wife trailer just say, wrappers? Go into the garage. She's probably out there with the <laughs> yes. Bilt Bars. Yeah, just 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 follow the trail of of, of Bilt Bar wrappers. Yes. Uh, wow, that new screen in the hallway that they built there, guys. That that is massive. I'm very creepy uh, when I'm blown up that big. Anyway, uh, back to Bilt Bar. Uh, they are the best protein bar of all time. Loaded with flavor, uh, real chocolate and protein. Not loaded with carbs, calories, and sugars. You want to try it now or try it again. Fifteen percent off your first or maybe next order when you use the promo code Dace D E A C E uh, when you go to Built.com for Built Bar. So many great flavors. They're all great. Admittedly, some are greater than others. Built dot com b-u-i-l-t for built.com for built bar all right you guys ready for some feedback friday you bet yep all right let us begin with dan dan says i listened because your show is the only one in history where a discussion of offsides in soccer will contain a comp- will contain a comparison to starry decisis a recommendation of firing squads for incompetent athletes and references to the pope that is awesome you Check that box. That? The, I don't know. There, there has never been a show in the history of this medium that can that can simultaneously chase as many rabbit trails as this program can. That is what, that what is was, very true. What was the email that we had last week? We are aggressively mediocre. I still yes. that's probably the best, my favorite description of this show. That's that, that goes on my list of future garage band names yeah. with backdoor cover. I mean, aggressively mediocre is a great garage band name. Yes. Uh, Karen, so look out, uh, Karen writes, our 35-year-old ex-military black son-in-law experienced segregation for the first time recently. Here in good old Columbus, Ohio, Midwest USA, our son-in-law and daughter were denied tickets to an afternoon showing of the new Spider-Man movie because, wait for it, they're not jabbed. Yes, movie theater segregation is now in effect in Columbus, Ohio. Certain showings are jabbed only. We have reverted to a separate but equal society. Fauciism is sweeping across the USA and nobody cares. As long as we can see our movies and eat our popcorn, we are now the others. You guys have any thoughts? Well, just going back to last, this is why the whole off-ramp discussion is so interesting because he can do everything he in his power to try and take it and it's impossible on some level they look at what they're doing there in ohio i mean that's not new york that's not california but there it is we're gonna watch this play out it it is going to be fascinating to see how they try to navigate their own base I mean that that clip, Aaron. The clip you had of 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 um, Gavin Newsom. What the hell's going on here, right? And then wasn't it the next day that he like uh, took apologized or took back the fact that you know like he compared his state to a third world country or mm-hmm. something, right? Because that's I think what he goes on to say in that clip. That to me is kind of a microcosm of what I'm trying to describe. I don't know if it's a majority anymore. But it's certainly at least a plurality of people who identify as Democrats. Don't want most of this. Think it's nuts. It's insane. Bought into the narrative of this, of of the COVID stuff longer um, because it fits more their predilections and worldview bias. But, but miss going to their kids' ballet recitals and want to go to ball games and movies again. And don't want to lose 70 seats to Republicans in November. Um, the, the, 
The problem is they have so successfully manipulated or, or believed they were the ones manipulating this crazy base that they're now the ones that are on the receiving end of it. And there's clearly going to be an attempt to pragmatize this. I don't think there's any, any doubt about that. What it looks like or how successful it is, that to me is what is very much in doubt and will be very fascinating to watch. That, that they, they want out of this. They don't want to just sit there and hand Kevin McCarthy the speaker's gavel next January. They don't want to do that. They want to beat Ron DeSantis, okay? And, and so it's going to be fascinating to see who's truly now, whether the tail is wagging the dog here. What we don't know is fully yet. We suspect because of what we see on the other side, and, and we have our own biases. You know, I think that we have, we, we, you can make a case that we've probably over-exaggerated the extent of, of this spirit of the age cult within the other side of the conversation, while at the same time, still, what we're, our, our, our exaggeration of its, of, of, of its ranks is still probably closer to its size than what most of reality wants to accept, if that makes sense. Okay? We're, in other words, we're, we're exaggerating it, but our exaggeration is still probably closer to the reality of the situation than, the, the re, than reality wants to acknowledge. And I, I, think, I think this is going to be a major turning point because in the last election cycle... When they realized that they could not run an honest Soviet, they rallied around the one guy on, in, in their ranks who was attempting to run on some form of Americana normalcy in Joe Biden to get him the nomination. So there was some clear, there was some, at least some recognition there. Yeah, we just can't be this brutally honest. We can't go full Soviet. They're going to try to do that again this year. Okay? I, I just... The, the cult may be too strong, but we're going to get a verdict on that, I think. I, I think, just like we said after Romney, there will never, ever be another Romney kind of nominee for the Republicans ever again. It just will never happen. And it won't. There won't be one. I think that we're going to learn this year whether, whether that cult is, a, is, is just a not insignificant part of the Democrat base, or as maybe Paul Begala was warning us recently, like we talked about about a week or so ago, that it has it has overridden now the Democrat leadership and they are slaves to it. I think we're going to find that out because I do think there's going to be an, and there is an undergoing an attempt for some form of triangulation. Your thoughts? Yeah, there is absolutely for one reason and one reason only triangulation because of politics. But this this the Frankenstein's monster simply is what it is now and you have and this is again i this is i don't use it i mean it's helpful rhetorically but the, when i've talked mm-hmm. about the magical power of uh vaccines again you j- just with polio far more dangerous uh to children uh more debilitating in more ways uh than uh covid but this people before would talk about uh with me well, if we don't, if we wouldn't vaccinate for polio, polio would come back. Maybe, but also maybe not. It's not just there waiting 
to come back. There's there's nutrition, there's diet, there's sanitation, there's hygiene. There's a hundred different factors, but people believe that, okay? Now, take the the fact that it's it's not out there in a different generation. In real time, people have seen this vaccine not prevent it from being spread. And That's they, why it's not a vaccine. And they well, yeah, I know, but they still do these things right now with as much zeal as they ever did before. And so again, what I'm fascinated to see it too in a disgusting train wreck sort of way. But what does that look like on the federal level when they're saying we're getting off if they do it with as much zeal as we could expect them to possibly have, yet everybody out there as drunk as they've ever been on it? That's exactly what we're about to find out here in the next two to three months, I believe. Yeah, Yeah, and just to reiterate as well, I mean, you you always have that cult, and, and to some degree... To some degree, the the Democrats have always had their cult, their just diehard, rabid, uh, leftist spirit of the ageers in their back pockets. Um, but now I, I think it's I think the cult has expanded with COVID to what we call, of course, the branch giving in cult. Um, they always have that in their back pocket. So in a lot of ways, whether or not they take, I guess the point that I'm trying to make with that, and I, I said it earlier on the show this week and then the last hour, I guess the point that I'm trying to make with that, it's kind of irrelevant whether or not Democrats at a national level want to take this exit ramp or the off ramp or try to try to rein in their base. Because at the end of the day, right now, they really don't need them. And in, in fact, it's kind of hurting them, as Paul Begala was probably saying. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they can just pull them back out when they need them again. Um, so it... It just seems irrelevant to me whether or not they're trying to take that exit ramp because they're in power right now and they control the institutions anyway. So when they need that branch Kividian cult to give them, a, give them an excuse for another mail-in voting uh, wave of elections, then they can pull that right out. And just we everything I just said, uh, put that again against now, the fact that we've known this for a long time, but more data just came out recently uh, this week, Steve, and I believe you highlighted it, how, natural immunity, how well it worked, how many people likely are uh, uh, naturally uh, immune now. And it, that number just keeps increasing and increasing and increasing. So that thing inside of us, what do most people in this country believe in more, natural immunity or transgenderism? Go. Uh, I think it's a debate. Yeah, I I think it's debatable. That's the level of psychosis we're dealing with that we even don't know. I think the intensity of belief is on the is on the side of trainism, if if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. The 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 width of that belief between the two can be debated. I think the depth of the conviction of that belief would certainly be on the side of the of the of the gender madness. But one thing we want to believe desperately for reasons that don't actually impact most people hardly at all. The other one, natural immunity, which impacts everyone. Not nearly enough people want to believe, all because it's, again, about narrative and not actually about science or facts. See, this. speaking of, the, of narrative, I want to go back to something Aaron said a minute ago. Here's why I think it's important what happens here. Because if, if a political party that faces these kinds of numbers, we're looking at numbers, guys. Take, like, Trump's lowest approval ratings 
and then add in you know a, a tea party wave environment atmosphere from the obama years with uh, and and throwing a little dash of contract with America, um, re- rebellion against uh, an elitist system from 1994. I mean, we are. I've never seen. I've never seen a compilation of numbers like this. I've, I've just. I've never seen a systemic, complete, and total collapse uh, of a of a presidency's standing and people's faith in it so fast. I've never seen anything like this. Um. If, if a political party in the face of that, and with this much heads up, again, it's only January 28th. So the, the, the election's not for nine and a half months. I mean, you could, get, you could conceive a child today and, and give birth to it before the election. Go through an entire pregnancy. There's still plenty of time here. If, if, a, political, if, if a major political party faced with the reality of this still just chooses like lemmings to follow in rote fashion right over the cliff they, that they see that the light at the end of the tunnel is an oncoming train. They, they can see it's the train. They can see it. They can hear. They can hear the train whistle. They can hear the engine. They know it's a train. And they just stand there on the tracks anyway because they have such a firm belief in how great the railroad tracks are, even if it means getting run over. I think it's important for us to learn that right now. Because because I think this is something we've on the right speculated about and talked about and parodied and and characterized. Now we find out in real time if this is true. Because if 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 they cannot pivot to some form of recognition of reality when their own fate now is so existentially in the balance, then I think we know once and for all that's that's not that's the Romans one party. That's a given over party. That's why I think that's why I think it's important to watch how this plays out these next few months. Oh, it is it's for that reason. But all I know is right now, uh, in terms of making that pivot, uh, that party in a state like Arizona is uh, censuring a moderate uh, bisexual Democrat because she's not good enough for their taste. So uh, I know. That that's what's happening right now in real time. They're not really getting the momentum going in that direction. Keep in mind what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm not saying they're going to successfully take the Omicron off ramp. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I think they're going to try it. I don't. I, remember what one of, one of my predictions was at the beginning of the year that they would try it and not prove not they they could not be successful in overcoming their own cult. That was one of my ten predictions at the beginning of the year, the first episode for this year. But they're going to try it. I don't think they'll be successful. I agree with you guys on that. And then I think that will be that you'll you'll have an answer now that that truly is a, a cult now. It is in no semblance of political party. Even when there were options to triangulate, there were options to avoid their fate. Plenty of time to gaslight, plenty of time to memory hole and move on. They still took the drip. I think it's in, if that happens, it's important for us to see that happen in real time. Because that's going to change our political calculus too, frankly. Frankly, I think that for me... And and you guys know I freaking hate vote GOP, God's own party. If you don't vote Republican, you're screwing America. How how many shows over the years, guys, have I done just destroying and lobotomizing and sodomizing these canards to the detriment of my own audience? How many times? How many times have you been when you guys were listeners and now work here? Have you heard me do this show? Right? How many times? Before the last two years, most shows. Yes. Okay. But if but if if one of these parties openly says. 
we are from France. I mean, they just openly say it now. Dude, I, 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 I'm going to have to look internally at my own calculus. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, maybe we just can't. Uh, maybe they just have to lose every time, no matter what the hell the alternative is, because they're a friggin' cult. I can't just sit here and, and just not acknowledge that they've told me they are what they are. I, I, it's, we have to see how this plays out. That's why I think it's important. Let's move on. Uh, you guys have brought up time and time again that what the devil hates the most is to be mocked. How does one go about such mockery and scorn? I'm an apprentice electrician through my union, and thus I am indentured. I have little control over job placement at this time, so I'm quite literally, without asking for financial ruin, stuck on a job for who the customer is, your favorite fact checkers, the Zuckcucks. Nice. Anyways, uh, back to mockery and scorn. They've always had a requirement to wear masks when indoors and a face shield within six feet of others, but it's been lax for most of this year until recently. As is common with mental illness, you never know what triggers it to show, but there's been another crackdown on enforcement of this asinine requirement. I come to the rhetorical feet of the masters to be taught the ways of stinging mockery. That is from Zach. You guys have any ideas for Zach? Ugh. I, I mean, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd want to know. I mean, is he really? Is this is my point? I, he's a, he's an electrician. Is that what you said, Steve? Yes. Yes. Uh, like I, I, unions, I realize have a hard Democrat past, but they don't have a hard, you know, crazy zealot progressive transgender past. It's something that you'll just believe anything i mean aren't just normal dudes that go out and have a beer and just won't take that much bs that's this is my frustration and it connects with what we just got done talking about that we we can't take an off ramp if if we can't even get the union guys to get out of this box with any any degree of hope or sunlight if in other words a bro dude electricians are sheep is that what you're saying yeah i mean this is yeah. I, the, uh, you can be as hard democrat in the past as you want from a union perspective but dude there's lock don't dude code locker room rules apply amongst union electricians and plumbers more than any that's where the locker room go, goes after you're 22 years old you know how to you know play the game there i mean i this is why I, my rant uh about pence and christian matt i like i there's fights everywhere now there are just fights everywhere, and you just got to choose whether you're in them or not, and you can't have a guarantee of any sort of outcome or success. You, you never could at any fist fight. You, you just got to go in and do what's right. I, I don't know what that is for you there. I don't know if you want to do it just basically to maintain some sanity or if you actually think there's any hope for getting any traction. I don't know. That's your world, not mine professionally. But just in terms of dudes... I, um, don't so you can't be a pushover. Yeah, your point is you're, you do, you're depressed. This is even a question. Is that yeah. what you're saying, Todd? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I sympathize with the guy on some level. I, I, I do, but y- yes, you got it. Aaron. You were gonna fill in the blank for me. I'm struggling. Yeah, I, I think I kind of along the lines of Todd, whatever you do, whatever you choose, to, don't be flaccid. This, this question kind of. I want to say reeks of flaccid, but I get those vibes from it. Don't don't be flaccid. Either either eject altogether, or be or be a stick in the mud. That's that's my advice. Whatever you do, don't be somewhere in between. 
Here in the heart of here's a little example in the heart of all of this, when masks were, I I hardly ever wore a mask, uh, unless I felt it was just let's just do it, rip the band, get off. By getting library books for, for my children at the public library, uh, you, you'd have to uh go in and you'd have to. Uh, be wearing a mask, and they're as bad as anybody in, in in there. And I had mine on, but it was not over my nose. And the, and so these two uh, gals in, like lecture me on that right away. I said, "Listen, give me the book. We're not playing these games. I'd be out of here already if you handed me the book. You want to do this? I'm not doing it. Give me the book." So I wore the mask. That's my compromise. Hated every minute of it, but I could have been in and out in five seconds. But if you wanted to double and triple down on that, no. And then we could, I don't know where, they gave me the book. Maybe they didn't give me the book, and then I could go on and do it. I, I don't know. But you got to just tell yourself that there's no easy road right now with this level of toxic, juvenile tyranny going on. And there's almost no accountability because people hate that term and they just think you can return back to normal. We're just not, we don't have enough people right now who will just say, uh, yeah, that's not going down this way. We just don't have enough like that of any kind. They love the nonsense or they're scared of it. I wish I had a better I, I answer. Mi- I miss bullies. Uh, hall monitors are worse. That's kind of what I hear you describing. Hall monitors are worse. I mean, with a bully, I can just punch him in the mouth, right? And then we just, let's find out. Let's see what happens. Literally. You can't do that with a hall monitor, all right? So that's kind of the mentality you're dealing with. What about, you know what, man? Every day on your lunch break, let everybody see you reading like Ian, Ian Miller's book on the myth of mask mandates, stuff like that. You think those things, those kinds of tactics, wearing a mask and, and writing on their control or, uh, you know, sheep, something along those lines. You think those sorts of things... We, we, those are things we suggested early on, earlier on uh, during this. Are we past that level of trolling or, uh, now, or do you think it can still be effective? Yeah, I can. it can still be effective. My greater concern is, and this is the example that, again, I, I think all of us have seen on Twitter the, uh, just yesterday or this morning. The, the, the girl, she looks to be middle school age. She might be young high school age, but the teacher, she wouldn't wear a mask, made her sit in the cold vestibule for like five to six hours. Like now, now there, I there's all kinds of ways we control, we can do that. But here's, people would still be asking the same kind of question, I think, in that circumstance. And mm-hmm. the, if we see the way that principal... Uh, I think I saw you comment on it, Steve, if I'm uh, incorrect about that. But that principal coming out in the way he talked to me, I'm, t- I'm going to jail. That guy's getting decked. Yes. That guy's getting yep. decked. And that's just how it goes. We, there's way too many people with way too much power, uh, fake power, and they like messing with people's lives, and they need to be taken out to recess and have their blank kicked. Let's get to the next uh, note here on a Feedback Friday. Do we have time? Yes. Uh, Adam from Mississippi says, We saw the administration pivot to jab mandates after the absolutely butchered Afghanistan withdrawal. 
a couple weeks ago, the biggest blow to that pivot, and they received the biggest blow to that pivot from the Supreme Court, uh, and then it's been awful for them ever since. So where do they turn to next deflect attention like they did away from Afghanistan? P.S. I'm ending 16 years of active Air Force service because I refused the jab, and I want to say thanks for you three keeping me focused, strong, and resolute in my decision. God bless. Adam, first of all, thank you for your service uh, and uh, for your courage of conviction, brother. So where do they pivot? Clearly, as we discussed last hour, they were considering this as a pivot. That dog ain't going to hunt, okay? I mean, their numbers will go lower with, with hot action in Ukraine, not higher. So where else do they pivot to? That, that's one of the reasons why I'm convinced they're going to try an off-ramp, because I can't think of where else they would pivot to, where else they would go. You know, and even if they can't move their base, can we at least then get to the spring and summertime, the respiratory viruses go away? And, you know, remember, there was a lot of, there was a, a, a not insignificant period of time here a year ago during May and June before Delta showed up, where it kind of looked like we were totally out of this and it was done, right? So uh, they've got to pivot to something. What would it be? Well, what are the worst things you can think of? How about another race war all summer long? I, I mean, they're pit. Their pivots from a perspective that we can hope to understand are, I mean, you got to listen to the crazy voices in your head. Uh, they, they, they largely want people okay. to believe. So the jab mandates were popular with their base, even if they were largely unpopular nationwide, right? Okay. So they pivot to something popular with their base because when your numbers are as low as theirs, you're, you're seeing erosion in your base, right? So their first priority is that triage. So what maybe we would think, wow, that's dumb, don't do that, but would be popular with their base. War in, Russia, war in Ukraine is not it. That's not going to be popular with their base either. So what, what would be popular with their base that we would all think is nuts that they think that could at least shore their base up to try to um you know try to do something to diminish their losses you think the racial stuff could be it i could see that i I could see you know some form of uh you know we get another george floyd race war this summer i could see that one is that is that was that your suggestion there todd that or you know gender with this uh it's it's going to come to a head here with uh, college sports with a guy in the ivy leagues who could break all of the records uh this year and win ncaa championships and listen i know it sounds crazy but right now listen, there's there's like 30 women on that team where, where are their dads where's anybody caring about wi- title nine women their rights they're actually rallying around this kind of guy so it sounds crazy but yeah whether it's race or gender even if there's fires dumpster fires in the background it's 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 the base on one hand but it's everybody else and the feeling of inevitability and i don't want to get run over so i better get on this train that's that aaron do you have an issue quickly in like 20 seconds you could think of that's popular their base but uh, not us I, I think literally anything can be on the table as long as he has a pen in the phone i mean we just saw them try to force injections on basically most of the country there's no way there's no area where they're not willing to go all right we'll come back more feedback friday here in a moment You know, our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom don't just focus on issues here at home that uh, threaten our uh, God-given rights, but uh, they see them uh, and, and confront them across the globe as well, because a lot of times what precedents the spirit of the age tries to set in other countries 
uh, it then tries to import uh, here to ours. For example, there's a case right now in Finland they're working on where an active member of parliament and a medical doctor, uh, she's been a member of the uh, parliament there in Finland since 1995. So she's been there almost in Aaron's entire life. Uh, but uh, they're, the police are on her. They're trying to, they're, they're trying to criminalize her for uh, believing in what the Bible has to say about marriage and gender. So those are just some of the, the precedents that our friends at ADF push back on really all over the world. And that's why if you want to help them continue to do that, uh, and they do everything for all of their clients pro bono, which means they rely on tax deductible na- donations from people like us. Uh, you can do this one of two ways. Go to uh, adfinternational.org slash free speech on trial. That's adfinternational.org slash free speech on trial. Or you can just, you know, adflegal.org uh, slash Steve. ADFlegal.org slash Steve. You can do it that way as well. ADFinternational.org slash free speech on trial. All right, let's get back to some feedback Friday. And uh, this is from Daryl Franzel. Uh, He writes, last year I was fired from my job of 16 years for refusing to go along with my company's mask mandate. But I was back to work at a new freedom-respecting employer in six weeks. God has blessed this transition, and I'm now happier at work than I had been in a long time. Your show did not push me to fight the mandate. I believe God hardened my heart towards it. Uh, But thank you for telling the truth about COVID, Stan. It helped to know that I wasn't alone in the pushback. Never stop speaking the truth. So... The reason I wanted to share Daryl's note is because I think, Aaron, you asked a question on uh, three non-political questions yesterday about could we come up with an example in our life where we just did something really dumb that was a big, complete screw up. uh, And it ended up, uh, though, setting the stage for something better later. Okay, Um, one of I I think the, the most for me, most powerful portion uh, in all of the scriptures is Romans chapter eight. And there is, there is just absolute soaring rhetoric there. Uh, I mean, it's, it's the, the, much of it is the theological equivalent to a, you know, win one for the Gipper, go get him team, uh, you know, fiery pregame or halftime pep talk. And the, to me, the money, the money line in that chapter is in verse 28. And Paul writes, all things work together for the glory of God and for those called according to his purposes. And you see examples uh, throughout the scriptures of this. Uh, You think of Joseph, for example, and who says, hey, if you guys had not sold me into slavery, um, what you intended for evil, God turned and used for good. If you had not sold me into slavery, I would not be here now as essentially the prefect of Egypt to save God's covenant people during this historic level of drought and famine. I think it was not, not a drought of famine. And... This is this is what a sovereign God does with even the worst of our humanity, even the worst of it. That when there is a when there's a when there's a tremendous demonic abhorrent attempt at genocide of God's covenant people, a sovereign God turns what we meant for evil and uses that moment as the impetus to restore them to their rightful home uh, because of the awareness of this persecution and what it did worldwide um, created the opportunity to uh, for, for, for that realization to be realized, again, for the first time in centuries. 
um, when when a 15 year old girl has sex with her high school senior boyfriend she has no plans to get pregnant has no then does and has no idea 14 year old girl actually at the time uh, has no idea what will become of, of of this pregnancy that pregnancy was me um there are i i can point to so many things in my own life that i did not intend to have a holy or righteous result that I intended it to satisfy some urge of mine or to check some box or um, to have some experience that I thought I was lacking and um, the consequences for that or the result of that, what came out of that um, ended up being something that, that God used for good. What I meant for evil, God used for good. And I, I, and just because we take a stand, there is no guarantee that it won't result in real pain and suffering. There isn't one. But there is a guarantee that if we don't take a stand, it will result in more pain and suffering. So you guys know me, I'm a gambler, you know, and a kid born to a 15-year-old mom who got, you know, kicked out of college and... If you look at my life path and arc, there is no rational explanation for why I am where I am and saying what I am saying and doing what I'm doing today, other than all things work together for the glory of God and for those called according to his purposes. I was called to do this. I was given the ability to do it. I can't take any credit whatsoever for it. And I didn't, this is, my being here is not the result of some plot or scheme or plan. It just stuff, literally people called me out of the blue and opened doors and offered me things. That I didn't, I didn't even know existed or knew who I was. And so because of that, I tend to be a go big or go home kind of guy. I, I tend to look at things from the vantage point first and foremost that I'm playing with house money. So let's just keep doubling down. Okay. Worst thing that can happen is I go back to the mailroom from whence I came. You know, that's the worst thing that could happen. And, and, and so that may not be you. You may be more calculating. You may not be in a position in your life that you can take some of those risks. And I respect that. And it's not like we're out there risking stuff all the time. You know, we, we even, we sit around as a team and as a staff, Hey, can we go there? Should we go there? But here's what I can tell you. I can't promise you that if you are bold and you take a stand for what you believe in, that you will end up with a testimony like Daryl's where you lost the job, the crummy job you have now that if truth comes to truth, you really didn't like anyway. And you just felt like a cog in the machine and end up with a better job later. I, I can't promise you that'll be the case. I mean, in order to, in order to live up to Romans 28, God allowed his own son to suffer and die. So I, I can't promise you that it will turn out good. You'll have a story like Daryl's. But here's what I can promise you. You, won't see, you have no shot at seeing a resurrection without a crucifixion. I can promise you that. I can promise you you have no shot of having a story and a testimony like Daryl's if you just keep sitting there friggin' taking it. That I can promise you. Can't promise you you'll end up better on the other side, but I can promise you this side won't get any better if you just keep sitting there and assuming the position for the devil. I promise you that. Let's move on. Um, 
Jason Newman writes, I sat down recently and listed all of the things the fascist deep state, along with its cohorts and private industry, have destroyed in our medical system during the Fauci Wuhan reign. Um, I call them pillars for without them, the system fails. Number one, do no harm. Number two, informed consent. Number three, the doctor patient relationship. Number four, a second opinion. Number five, medical privacy. Number six, randomized studies. Number seven, the wall of separation between governing bodies and drug companies. I don't know what you guys think, but I think Jason nailed that. And that's sad because that's only essentially our entire public health system. Yeah. Again, it's all connected here. Uh, there's there's no wholesale off-ramp. And I think about this all the time. And really, I do, do we expect not to be wearing masks in doctor's offices anytime soon? I, I mean, I, I kind of, ex- I expect that that's not going anywhere in most places. Uh, I'd love to be wrong about that. But he he speak and when those folks uh, control, not just within medicine, not just within healthcare, but again, it the, the, you you are very much a high priest in many people's lives. The the family doctor, it governs so much of our psychology. They're viewed more trustworthy in the past than just about anybody else. And I think that would be good to break down, not because we don't want to trust our doctors, but we've made idols of who they are to us. The parents, not not the kids, the parents. So we got a lot of deep programming uh, to do. And it might get uh, even worse in some ways before it gets better because no one's going to just want to say, yeah, we were wrong about this. And Steve's talked about that goes beyond medicine. Steve's talked about this recently, and quite frankly, his whole show, The Human Condition, is, is, is we've had the crime, but the cover-up is going to be an SOB. No one's going to want to humble themselves, especially the smart set. So you, you've, you've nailed this. Uh, I, it's, we're in, I think of this as in terms of 40 years in the desert. Like Steve and I, I, I think our, the rest of our lives are going to be dealing with this on some level. I mean, the the enemy is in, in such firm control, as we talk about, of, of every major institution just taking away, taking away our own worldview and what we know to be the truth and uh, what we know to be the good, true, and beautiful um, in, in our faith in, in the one true God. Taking all that just human nature itself, as Jesse Kelly t- pointed out on Twitter this week, um, you cannot have this little trust in fundamental institutions and just put Humpty Dumpty back together again. That just can't happen. It just cannot. So in terms of 40 years in the desert, yeah, because there are so many people wearing our own jerseys within the church itself who are drunk on whether whatever magical thinking is, is du jour. I, I loved this tweet this morning. That just just kind of illustrates this point, and I think the point that Todd's Todd's making as well. We um we had Andrew Walker on from I think it's Southern Baptist Theological Seminary on the show at one point. 
uh, he's responding to the story that you talked about for uh, Alliance Defending Freedom. And he says uh, about the, the, the Finnish prime minister in jail for, for, for hate speech, or in court, I should say, for hate speech, because she, you know, believes Orthodox Christian views. But did these Finnish Christians try winsomeness as a strategy for cultural engagement? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's illustrative, I believe, of, of what we're talking here. There are too many people still wearing our jerseys now. It's fewer than there was, I think, two or three years ago. Fewer than there were last year. Too many people, though, wearing our jerseys who have the same stated belief, orthodox though it may be, who are still in a slumber, who are still way, way too comfortable. Until that changes, you know, there are going to be pockets in this country where it seems like America, maybe for the next 30 years, 40 years, but long-term for our children and grandchildren, this is going to be a long road, a long road ahead of, of recovering what's left of, of America and renewing it again. To that end, this next note from Mikey, I think, addresses what you guys are talking about. The anti-government, anti-establishment rock band Rage Against the Machine is playing in my home state of Missouri at a venue requiring government-mandated shots or a negative PCR test. Irony much or lack of awareness. That's kind of what you're, what you're talking about. We're raging against the machine. You're, the name of your band should be representing the machine. I mean, that's what you guys are doing. You are the machine. It's, it's, the, it's Neil Young, uh, the conversation about him. Now, Barry Manilow wants to get involved uh, in this, okay? It's, it's, it is, it's, not, it's, not, it's not hypocrisy, it's a lack of self-awareness. And the difference is hypocrisy is when I intentionally is when I intentionally uh, go against my stated beliefs because I really don't believe in them, not because I'm weak, not because I'm weak or I'm soft or immoral or human. I'm intentionally and maliciously doing this because I really don't believe this stuff. I'm an actor. I don't really believe what I'm portraying. That's what that word means, okay? A lack of self-awareness is, I don't even realize I'm doing it because I don't need that. I don't even need the level of self-reflection to maliciously go against the lies I'm, I'm spewing to you because you're so beneath me, I don't have to contemplate my own frailties. I don't have to consider my own weaknesses or critically think through my own positions. I just own your ass. That's what that's 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 what a lack of self-awareness means. And that's what he's talking about here. Um time for I don't know if we got time for one more or not. Uh we don't. So let me let me tell you before we get out of here about our friends over at uh, Annie's Kit Clubs, you know we're doing more and more trying to figure out how do we create in a culture of indoctrination and misinformation, uh, how can we do more to raise kids that are inquisitive, critical thinkers that know the right questions to ask, that are even willing to ask those kinds of questions? Well, their genius box in 80s kit clubs will help you do exactly that, both sparking your kids' imagination and his or her critical thinking skills, uh, everything from geology to chemistry, aerodynamics, and more. You can do things from creating a hovercraft, examining fossils, building robots. Uh, introduce your kids to real science research and the incredible value of asking good questions with 50% off your first box that's 50% off your first box when you go to annieskitclubs.com slash steve that's annieskitclubs.com 
slash Steve. Any final thoughts or words on today's show, gentlemen? Well, we all agree. I mean, that was that was one of the darker uh, ones we've had in the past, reader feedback, which I think just is reflective of where everybody's at. Uh, there's, there is some sense of a whiff of spring a-coming, the, the actual spring weather. Whether or not a metaphor, uh, a metaphysical one is coming along, there's a lot of doubt in people's hearts. They're struggling to hope, and I'm, 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 I'm among them. And at the same, yeah, I am too on a day-to-day basis. I mean, I'm, I, I don't know if, I don't know if you uh, have heard five minutes of me uh, talking at any point in the last two years. I'm a little bit of a pessimist, a little bit of a curmudgeon, but at the same time. I keep coming back. There there are other signs as well. Canada, I left for dead. Now there's a huge rally across the nation basically going mm-hmm. on. There are signs every day in this country that people are waking up to what their kids are being taught, what's going on in their schools. You know, there are signs of hope as well. But uh, hopefully it's a case of night darkest before the dawn. Yep. Well said. Everybody have a great weekend. We're back again on Monday. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.